Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com, and with me again from St. Petersburg, Florida, is Mr. Tony Pauline. Two days of Shrine practice in the books, Tony. How you holding up down there? I'm okay. Weather got a little bit cooler, so it was nice, I guess, to be indoors uh, for practice. But uh, things are picking up. Things are moving along. A little bit more hitting today, a little bit more passing. Um, overall, looking forward to one more day of, uh, of hard practice at the Shrine game. Now, as we did Monday, we're going to take another look at every position with Tony providing his winners and losers for the day. And I'll also ask specifically about a few players if Tony doesn't mention them in his recap. So we'll get right to it tonight with the quarterback position. Take it away, Tony. Overall, there's not much to talk about. I mean, the quarterback play was disappointing. Nobody really improved from Monday. Uh, you want to see a progression of improvement and, and progress in the play. None of them did, None of them really did that. I mean, they, uh, Easton Stick made some nice passes, but he also threw a bad pick. Brett Ripon was a little bit wild. Really was not many good things to say about the quarterbacks. Uh, not un- shouldn't be sh- not that unusual. I mean, the senior bowl is, does have nine quarterbacks on the roster. So these are some of the lower level guys, although we thought maybe Easton Stick could uh, slide into the uh, senior bowl. J- just was not a good day for the signal callers. With not much to talk about from the guys who throw the ball around, let's get to the guys who run it. Which running backs impressed out of the backfield on Tuesday, Tony? Yeah, I, I was so impressed with Ty Johnson. Anybody who follows me on Twitter would have seen that. It, it really started from the begin- beginning of practice when they did pass catching drills when the running backs were pitted one-on-one against the linebackers. And Ty Johnson was just incredible. It wasn't just the way he caught the ball, but it was his route running. He was running routes like a polished receiver. He showed great quickness, was able to get separation. His footwork and balance in and out of his breaks was terrific. The linebackers could not stay with him. And then he caught the ball well. He wasn't body catching. He was extending his hands and snatching the pass away from his frame. And then he takes off up the field. Had a couple of nice long runs during scrimmage. And the thing about it is is he's just a quick, explosive guy. He sees the hole and boom, he's gone through it. Uh, so I, I think Ty Johnson is really was good on Monday, was even better today. We saw some good things from uh, Jordan Ellis of Virginia, both pass catching and running the ball. Marquis Young. Had a bit of a downer day compared to where he was yesterday. Didn't catch the ball well. Nick Brissett had a few good runs. And I think Devino Zigbo of uh, Nebraska kept the momentum going in his favor. Well, you kind of took a few of the guys I was going to ask about. So we'll move along to the pass catchers here. And, and which one of them caught your eye in Tuesday's practice? We'll start off with the tight ends again, as we did yesterday. You know, first thing is with Matt Skokel. And I got just going to be redundant and reiterate what I said yesterday. He's not a great athlete, but... He's very good in all aspects. He's very polished. Now, remember, Skokel was the guy who was not graded by scouts coming into the season. So for a guy who wasn't even was ignored by scouts to, to be at the Shrine game is a pretty major accomplishment. He's a good pass catcher. He's an outstanding blocker. He plays with sound fundamentals, uh, but he's just not fast and he's not quick. I'll reiterate again what I said yesterday. He's going to be a very good number three tight end at the next level. Uh, same thing with Andrew Beck. I mean, Andrew Beck is slightly more athletic, but there were a couple of passes that were overthrown or more to the point passes he just couldn't catch up to because he doesn't have the speed. He's a fundamentally sound blocker. He's strong. He does the little things well. I have him right now as a six-round pick. From what I saw, I don't know that he's got the speed to be a six-round pick. But again, I think if he's not drafted, he'll be signed quickly and we will have an opportunity to make it as a third tight end to the next level 
primarily brought on the field a short yardage situations as a blocker. Kendall Blanton had another good game. Kendall Blanton physically is the most impressive player here. Caught the ball very well. I mean, he looks like a power forward on the field. And then when he gets down the field and gets vertical to get over a defender to make the reception, it almost looks like an NBA center going up for a rebound when he extends his arms. He's that big. He's that physically impressive. Still is going to need a little work on his game to get there, but uh, he's definitely heading the right directions and has turned some heads today. As far as the uh, receivers are concerned, Keyshawn Johnson had another terrific day. Outstanding route runner, caught the ball well, made an acrobatic one-handed reception uh, late in the West practice, really does the little things well. I spoke with his team afterwards, and they realized the task at hand. That is, he's got to run a fast 40 at the combine or pro day workouts if he doesn't receive a combine invitation, which he's yet to receive. They're hoping he's going to receive one with the second batch of uh, senior invitations that will probably go out sometime after the senior ball. I'm told that right now the trainers think he will be able to run in the low four fives, which he's going to have to do. The difference between Keyshawn Johnson running a 448, a 447 in pre draft workouts as opposed to running a a 4-5-4 four, four means either he has a chance to get in the second day or he's going to be a fifth-round pick. That's what that's what you're looking at. I thought Brody Oliver from Colorado uh, State, uh, Colorado School of Mines, had a very good day catching the ball. Small school guy, really not well-known, caught the ball well, ran solid routes. Uh, the East squad has got some sensational route runners. Terry Goodwin of Georgia, Terry Wright of Purdue, Ryan Davis of Auburn, Cody Thompson of Toledo, all run great routes. The defensive backs cannot stay with these guys out of their breaks. Goodwin caught the ball well, but he doesn't have deep speed. There were a couple times where he was unable to beat the, the cornerback down the field in a foot race. Ryan Davis dropped too many passes today. There are a lot of easy throws he dropped. Cody Thompson caught everything, but again, he's not really fast down the field. Ron Quavian Tarver was not able to uh, improve upon his terrific practice from yesterday. Jamal Custis had a terrific day of practice. He's a big guy. He's more of a flash guy rather than someone that's been consistent. But still, 6'4 and a half, 221 pounds, very smooth. He's not slow. He's a guy who I expect is going to run a low four fives. Caught the ball exceptionally well. J- just, you know, he looks the part and he plays to it, although it's more in spurts. Jesper Horstead of uh, Princeton, who I praised yesterday, had a little bit of a difficult day today. Dropped a couple of catchable throws. You can tell he really is not going to run fast. He's a bit slow getting off the line. He takes a while to get to top speed. Not a good route runner. I mean, it may be a situation with Horstead at six foot three, two 222 pounds. Teams may try and put 10 pounds on him and turn him into an H-back or move tight end. I'm glad you mentioned a couple guys there. First off is Custis. When you're talking about Kendall Blanton looking like you know, a basketball player going up for the balls. Custis is 6'5". He has really good high-pointing skills. As you said, kind of a flash player, a guy who will make big plays down the field and in contested situations, but isn't consistently going to win, like a guy like Terry Godwin, who is going to consistently win in the short and intermediate field, but he's not going to make those big plays down the field. Both of these guys, as a result, end up projecting as depth players and day three guys, but still intriguing pieces nonetheless. Now we'll shift from the skill players over to the hog mollies up front. Tony, were there any offensive linemen that impressed you on the second day of practices? There were. Now, let's start off with the centers. Lamont Galliard of uh, Georgia had another good day. He's a big, tough, stout center. Blocks with good knee bend. 
I mean, here was a guy who was graded as the street free agent, sort of like Isaiah Wynn. Now, Gallery's not going to end up as a first-round pick, but he could end up in the seventh round. What really impressed me about him is he basically just holds the point. You know, he can't be moved. He can't be bull rushed. And he was terrific at it throughout practice. I was also relatively impressed with John Canoy, another guy who really was considered an afterthought, the center from Western Michigan before the season. He's very quick. He's very explosive. He's good on the second level. Not as strong as Galliard, but again, really held his own and won out today in one-on-ones as well as in scrimmage. It was another good day for Nick Allegretti of Illinois, who played both center and, and primarily guard today. Uh, one play that really stood out to me is when they had Allegretti pull across the line of scrimmage and block in motion. It, it was kind of a busted play, but he showed he was able to get to the spot and, and make the block, and he should be able to do it the next level. Uh, Leonard Bonner uh, played primarily guard today, almost solely I saw him at guard, the Arkansas State left tackle, and he was really good. He's stout at the point. He's quick. He's explosive. He shows some mobility. Uh, he's a strong guy that really was able to hold his ground, was impressed by him. Alex Bookser, the guard from Pittsburgh, also lined up at tackle today. He had his moments. It was another very difficult day for Tyler Jones. Tyler Jones was getting beaten like a drum. Back-to-back plays, he was annihilated by uh, Chris Slayton of Syracuse. I felt really bad for him. I felt embarrassed for myself because, as you know, I had him highly rated at one point. Josh Miles of Morgan State continues to impress people. Josh Miles of Morgan State was the only guy that was able to stop Chris Slayton today. Uh, Miles was a, is another guy who, uh, like Matt Skokel, the tight end, was not, was not even rated coming into the season by scouts. They totally ignored him. Uh, but he has definitely made a lot of money for himself. Blocks with great fundamentals. He's strong. He just looks like he's got a great amount of upside, and he's scratching the surface. Tyree St. Louis had a couple of very nice plays today. He's a big, strong, nasty blocker from Miami of Florida. Juwan Bushel-Beatty, the big tackle from Michigan, also had some nice plays. I continued to be impressed by James Pipkins of Sioux Falls. He's another big blocker at tackle. A lot of people really like him uh, this week. Uh, Jackson Barton had uh, had another solid day. Uh, Justin School of Vanderbilt. You know, he's not the prettiest blocker. He's not the smoothest guy. He's more of what we used to call a finesse blocker. He uses his large frame, which is over six foot six, 320 pounds. He squares into defenders, and he just keeps them from the action. Did that really well all day today. I thought it was a real good day for Ryan Pulp of San Diego State after a tough Monday. Ethan Greenridge of Villanova, when he played tackle, he struggled. When they kicked him inside the guard, he looked solid. Uh, Oli Uda, same situation. Played tackle, he struggled, but showed a lot of upside and a lot of potential at guard. I'd say right now my favorite offensive lineman the past two days has been Josh Miles of Morgan State. He just has a lot of momentum going for him. Now, Tony, one guy you didn't mention was Bunchy Stallings from Kentucky. I've seen some mixed reviews of him. Some people liked him. Some people didn't like him. What have you seen from the two days of practice for Bunchy Stallings? Well, my reviews on Bunchy Stallings have, in fact, been mixed. You know, he was getting beaten like a drum at times yesterday, but then he came back late in the practice and, and had a couple of good series. I, I thought he held his own today, when he, especially a guard. They've been moving him around. He was solid today. Nothing spectacular. I thought Tuesday was a much better day for him than Monday, but uh, I thought he really struggled uh, during the first practice. 
Now, before we flip to the defensive side of the ball, please be sure to support the draft analysts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at Believe.com. Leave a rating and a review. And if you ask a question in your review, we'll do our best to answer it on the show if there's time at the end. You can also tweet us questions at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe Podcast to get in touch with the show as well. Now, we just looked at some of the top offensive linemen from Tuesday's practice. We're going to move across the line of scrimmage here to the defensive side of the ball. Tony, who excelled on the defensive line? Once again today, Chris, it was the defensive tackles who really stood out on the line and outshone the defensive ends. Uh, Daniel Wise of Kansas was unstoppable. As I joked on Twitter, you can basically nickname him Daniel the Dominant because he was beating opponents in a variety of ways. He beat him with a great first step off the snap. He showed great hand technique and a variety of moves to get off blocks. He even showed some power and was able to bull rush opponents off the line of scrimmage. I think, as we said in our preview, Wise was going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder because he felt he should should have received an invitation to the senior bowl, and he's proving as much. was also very impressed with Daylon Mack of Texas A&M, a guy who built lower to the ground, about six foot one, 320 pounds, He's got a huge, powerful lower body, just destroyed opponents, bull rushed them off the line, showed great quickness, was absolutely unstoppable. Uh, Michael Dogby of Temple had his moments today. Chris Slayton, as I mentioned earlier, was was really good today. I don't want to say incredible. He was really good, very explosive, showed strength today, which he didn't yesterday. There are some people here that believe Chris Slayton is the best player in attendance at the Shrine game. I am not one of them. But I absolutely believe that Chris Slayton is going to leave the Shrine game with a higher draft grade than when he entered. Kevin Wilkins showed terrific uh, quickness today. Uh, Chris Nelson of Texas had a few moments. As far as the defensive ends, really the only defensive end that stood out to me was Kyle Phillips of Tennessee. We spoke about his athleticism yesterday. Today he was able to transition that athleticism into playmaking. But the rest of the uh, defensive ends were pretty quiet. Brelford of Oklahoma State was getting obliterated at the point of attack. Marcus Jones of Angelo State didn't make any plays. Landis Durham has been disappointing, really cannot get off a single block. So, again, it's the defensive tackles who have really stood out this week, while the defensive ends have been kind of quiet. Now, two guys you didn't mention, one of them who we actually mentioned in our preview, uh, that's Virginia Tech defensive tackle Ricky Walker. Uh, Saw some... Things from him positive on uh, online today. So I'm wondering what you saw from him today and also yesterday. And also, how did Matthew Betts kind of uh, take Monday's practice and into Tuesday? Yeah, well, let's start with Betts. Uh, and I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, he was terrific today. I, I mean, he, he beat Tyree St. Louis, the big offensive tackle from Miami on one play, just basically had Tyree uh, St. Louis's head spinning because he beat him off the snap with a quick first step, uh, showed some great hand technique. Uh, and just basically left uh, St. Louis swinging in air trying to block him. He then came back to ne- the next play. I, I believe it was against Utah of, of Elon, put his head down and bull rushed him off the line. So, you know, as I said yesterday about Betts, people were raving about him on Monday. I want He has to do it each day, and you know what? He did it today. So well, we'll have to see one more day, but he's definitely caught a lot of people's eyes. Walker was more a flash in the pan. He made a nice play here and there. But overall, I, I mean, he hasn't been a factor. And again, like many of the many of the other guys, specifically the defensive ends, he can't get off blocks. Once blocked, stays blocked. 
And now today we saw some more linebacker hype on day two, which kind of comes with more hitting, uh, more physical practice in general. Who are your favorites at that spot and, and guys that may have shown you things Tuesday that you didn't have the opportunity to see from them on day one? There were several linebackers that had outstanding performances today. Probably the, the top one would be Sione Takitaki of uh, BYU, who you spoke about yesterday. You know, the thing, as we said, you know, it's tough to uh, sort of scout the linebackers here because when it comes to the running game or the, defending the run, they're basically playing two-hand touch. There's, there's more hitting, but there's no tackling. Tacky Tacky made at least three plays behind the line of scrimmage that if he were a defensive end who beat an offensive tackle, if it was a receiver who made a great catch, you would have heard a lot of ooing and nine. But all he did was shoot the gaps, get behind the line of scrimmage, and get to the to the running back, two-hand touch the plays over. If he had made the tackle or was able to make the tackle, it would have gone for a two- or three-yard loss. He's, he really had a terrific day against the run. Kind of struggled in one-on-one pass coverage drills, but when I watched him in full scrimmage, he's able to get depth uh, on his drops. It may just be a matter of more repetition, but Taki Taki had a terrific day. Ulysses Gilbert of Akron had another solid day, very athletic, covers a lot of area on the field. I was impressed with Cole Holcomb of North Carolina. He was one of the few linebackers in pass coverage drills that was able to break up multiple passes and stay with the running backs. So I thought he had a very good day. Khalil Hodge is an explosive run defender. A lot of people think uh, the Seattle Seahawks are very high on him. Uh, Justin Hollins was used in coverage as well as uh, as a stand-up pass rusher. Looked good in both. Joe Deneen of Kansas also had a strong game. Flies around the football, had a great pick late in the day during afternoon practice. So I think the, uh, the linebackers came out of here with a positive impression on Tuesday. It's funny you mentioned Ulysses Gilbert right after saying you'll see plays from linebackers that don't draw the oohs and ahs of the crowd like a great catch from a receiver would because I saw a video uh, posted on Twitter, I forget who posted it, of him making a big hit and getting a large reaction from a lot of the scouts on hand. Uh, So obviously that's a big thing uh, for him and, and can only help him going forward. I also wanted to ask you about B.J. Blunt. He's a guy we discussed a bit yesterday. What did you see from him today? Did he take a step back? And, and what have been your overall thoughts on him through two days? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me about him. He actually did very well. He's a smaller guy, but he's fast. He's quick. He's explosive. He covers a lot of area. He's kind of outmatched physically, but he's got the athleticism. He's the kind of guy, he's the kind of prospect that you can see the tools are there. You just have to put the pieces together. Uh, is he going to get drafted? I don't think, you know, if he runs super fast, maybe he gets drafted in the seventh round and he looks like he's going to run super fast. I would project him as a backup outside linebacker, special teams player at the next level. But Blunt definitely did show a lot of good things today. Really more than just the pass rusher, which he was at McNeese State. Now, the final group we'll get to here is the defensive backs. I did want to ask you about Dakota Dixon, who was one of Monday's stars, had a great interception. Uh, Was he practicing today? Was he injured? Do you have anything on him, Tony? And, And also then go into who you thought performed well. I did not see Dakota Dixon today. I don't know if he was injured, but... Yeah, uh, he definitely did not make many plays. So uh, it's a good chance he didn't play on the field. He's in the afternoon practice. Uh, did not see him at all. So uh, obviously he didn't capitalize on what was a solid, uh, solid Monday practice. As far as who did stand out today, Jimmy Moreland of James Madison uh, had a terrific day of practice. He had an interception during the morning practice. He was constantly around the ball. Does a great job positioning himself against uh, the opponent. He was used out on the flanks. He was used over the slot receiver. Really showed a lot of skill today. 
Good day for Jimmy Moreland, a small school cornerback from James Madison. Jordan Wyatt of SMU made a nice pick today, also had a solid day. Jordan Wyatt, whose season in 2017 season was cut uh, short by injury, kind of had an up-and-down year recovering from that knee injury, seems to be putting the pieces together. Montre Hardage had a tough day until the very last play when they were doing one-on-ones, made a nice interception uh, against, uh, I forgot who the receiver was, a bigger receiver, taller receiver, but he, uh, it was the Arizona kid, I think. Um, but he made it, whatever it was, it was a nice play by Hardis to come away with the interception. Michael Jackson had a difficult day. Derek Beatty really struggled today. Blaze Brown had his moments today, but overall wasn't very impressive. As far as the safeties are concerned, Lucas Dennis of Boston College made a lot of positive plays. He's athletic, he's explosive, but he's just really small. I mean, you can see he looks outmatched by everyone else on the field. As far as the other safeties, Tyree Cannell of Michigan had a difficult day. Darius Pickett of uh, UCLA did not play well. Delvin Randall didn't see him today after uh, having a good Monday. Evan Worthington got beat a little, uh, couple times today. So overall, it was just Lucas Dennis stood out as far as the safeties were concerned. Now, before we wrap up here, yesterday we talked about Ron Quavian Tarver as the big winner from Monday's practices. Obviously, he didn't quite live up to those standards on Tuesday. But, Tony, for you, who takes home the crown of the biggest winner of Tuesday's action? I could say Keyshawn Johnson, but I'm going to say Ty Johnson of Maryland. Because, you know, as you pointed out yesterday, Ty Johnson was not a real big pass catcher at University of Maryland. And he proved today he can be a lethal pass catching threat out of the backfield. When they did the scrimmages, it's basically a dump-off pass to the running back. But the fact is, this is the uh, route running skills that he showed and the ability to get separation and then correctly catch the ball as well as his long runs makes Ty Johnson the big winner for me on day two of senior well, uh, uh, sorry, day two of shrine game practices. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Aren't we all, Tony? And that's it for episode number 25 of the Draft Analyst presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review and feel free to send us questions to answer on the show. Tony's flying back after Wednesday's final practice, so we'll actually be back Thursday with a recap of day three and the entire week overall of Shrine practices. But in the meantime, be sure to head over to draftanalyst.com where we have some more news posted on the big non-practice events of the day from St. Pete. For Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Enjoy the rest of Shrine Week, everybody.